Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. is betting across America from VEASAN and VEASAN.com. I, I was waiting for you. I'm glad you're all here with us now. Adam Candy in Las Vegas. Scott Seidenberg from the tri-state area joining as we truly go all the way across America. We've got the East Coast and the West Coast covered. And thank you for being here with us as we're going to have not only another look at the UFC 265 coming up tonight and just about an hour, Recoon Fightnomics will join us. He has a great look at what's coming up here tonight. In just a few moments, Chris Landry from uh, Landry Football will be coming in, talk a little pro football, a little college football as well. Uh, Scott, for those who might not have stayed up late Last night, they might not have caught the USA men's basketball team winning the gold medal. They avenged that loss against France from the qualifying rounds. It was not easy, though. Uh, USA was favored on the open about 12 and a half, moved up to 13. Uh, I had a small piece of France at the 12 and a half, and obviously that was never really uh, much of a sweat, but the USA wins gold behind Kevin Durant. Uh, How had you done playing Olympic basketball uh, throughout the tournament? 
very well. Um, I stayed away from the final, though, because I, I was a little concerned with the high number, and I didn't want to back France. Uh, so kudos to you on getting that line. I know some people liked France in the first half, plus the six and a half, which wound up covering as well. Uh, but I made a, I made some good uh, money on Team USA uh, moving forward through this tournament uh, as they covered, you know, some some double-digit lines, uh, especially in the quarterfinals and the semifinals. So that was very productive. I stayed away from the finals, and, and what I really was eager to see, and I, I, you know, I wanted to play the under because France has such good defense, but I was eager to see how the United States fought in, in kind of a revenge game. Not so much, you know, going for the gold here, but avenging a loss, you know, understandably without some of the players that were playing in this game last night. But Kevin Durant, in my opinion, is the reason why Team USA won this gold medal. He's, they don't win that game. They don't win this tournament without him. He has solidified himself as the best U.S. men's Olympic basketball player ever. He's got three gold medals now, which ties him with, you know, Carmelo Anthony, who everyone thought was this great Olympic player because he's so good off the ball and deferring to guys like LeBron and Chris Paul. Uh, but Kevin Durant was the leading scorer in, in this tournament for Team USA. He was also the leading scorer, I believe, in two prior Olympics in 2012 and 2016. Uh, he is Captain America when it comes to the basketball, and he solidified himself with the win last night and the way in which he performed throughout this tournament as the best, the most dominant United States men's basketball Olympic player. Well, certainly an outstanding performance uh, from him. Drew Holiday helped out as well as we saw the men's basketball team win by five uh, last night, 87 to 82. One baseball game getting started right now that people might want to be involved with is a game that you and I both have some interest in. Mariners at the Yankees. Seattle starting Chris Flexen. The Yankees get Andrew Heaney for his second start after he gave up four home runs last time out. Uh, you and I both interested in the Mariners. How are you going about it? Yeah, I'm doing Mariners uh, plus a run and a half. Uh, Chris Flexen's just been, you know, so great for this team. Uh, besides getting rocked by the Astros a couple of starts ago, has been very solid. Two or fewer runs in seven of eight starts uh, besides that Astros game. Meanwhile, Haney has allowed two or more runs in 14 of 19 starts this season. And Chris Flexen has done very well in day games. Three day game starts this year, 2-0 and oh, uh, with a 3-5 ER. Uh, I like this Mariners team going up against the Yankee team that uh, is a little weak now in the bullpen. It's not just the Aroldis Chapman injury, but it's the fact that they utilized nine pitchers yesterday out of that bullpen. And if Haney can't give them any length, I'm not sure which arms they're going to go to today. And it might be a situation much like uh, the last game where you're wondering, why is Haney still in the game? Well, Aaron Boone might ask him to eat innings here in this performance, and he could continue to get rocked Yankees have already secured at least a split of this four game set with Seattle who is in the wild card race right alongside them I played Chris Flexen first five plus 140 as I am fading Heaney uh, we'll talk more about that here in a moment this is betting across America from VEASAN and VEASAN.com Adam Candy and Scott Seidenberg getting you ready for a Saturday of Major League Baseball UFC and look forward to football as well. Uh, Mariners and Yankees just getting started. I have Chris Flexen is a first five play plus 140. There are bigger numbers out there, but that's where I have him 
at uh, Scott just mentioned a moment ago, some of the good stats on uh, flexing in day games, but Haney has really struggled uh, to keep the runs off the board this year. Does not produce a lot of soft contact. Mitch Hanniger in particular is a guy that I'm playing over one and a half total bases at even money. Uh, he has outstanding numbers against Haney, uh, an expected slugging percentage of around 860 for him in more than 20 uh, career plate appearances against Haney. Remember, these two know each other from when Haney was with the Angels and when, uh, of course, Hanniger is still with the Seattle Mariners. All right, that gets you ready for the early baseball game. More baseball talk when we continue here in a moment. But for now, let's get over to the gridiron, and we'll bring in Chris Landry from uh, Landry Football. Find him on Twitter at Landry Football. Talk a little NFL and college. Uh, Chris, thanks for giving us a little bit of your time. Uh, what's going on this weekend? Oh, I'm good to be with you guys. Well, it's uh, obviously with the first preseason game underway. Uh, it's the last weekend without football because starting next weekend, preseason games and whatnot, we'll have football uh, well all the way through February. So that's what's going on, getting ready for the college and pro season uh, upon us. Chris, where are you right now uh, in your preparation for what's coming up this year? What are you studying closely? Uh, where do you have your eyes at the moment? Well, all my um, evaluations of spring practice and off-season work in the NFL is all um, all done. Now, so now it's just about uh, obviously studying preseason. College practices are starting really this weekend. A couple of them have started a little early. The week zero teams have been in practice most of this week. So talking to coaches and certainly um, getting information how practice has gone, viewing some of the – with the modern technology today, I can view some of the practice stuff. Um, but, you know, mainly just in the NFL looking at the preseason games. And I, I warn everybody all the time, preseason is not about – looking at the game and saying that's what the team is going to be like during the regular season. You've got to parcel it into to different parts to really see about how young players are going to fit in or not fit in and new players. So it's really, it's, that's really where I'm at, just ready and chomping at the bit with, you know, one film breakdown done with the, with the, uh, uh, the, uh, the Cowboys and Steelers and ready to get after it with more preseason breakdown uh, so that we get ready for the season. And then in college, as I said, getting a feel for, you know, practices, scrimmages that they have in preparation for the season and get ready uh, ready for the start of week zero, which is, believe it or not, what the 28th is, uh, what would that be, three, four weeks away? It's right around the corner. Yeah. You know, Chris, uh, in terms of your roster analysis, which you do a great job at, at LandryFootball.com, when you look at these college programs, is there a team that jumps out to you as the best returning roster and also with the, the added add-ons from the transfer portal that you see coming into this season? Well, I think the best rosters in the country, you know, Alabama, Georgia from the SEC, Clemson from the ACC, Ohio State from the Big Ten, and Oklahoma from the Big 12. Those are the best rosters. I think that um, Oklahoma's probably done the best job over the past several years, and I think even in this year, with transfer portal impacts. Um, if you look at the quarterback they've had, you look at a couple of offensive linemen and a really good running back that they've added this year, I think they're very good. So, I, I, Listen, it's very chalky. Everyone's looking for that. Um, that sleeper team, in terms of winning a national championship, there's not a sleeper team. It's going to be one of those five teams I mentioned. Uh, there's some other teams that are candidates, obviously, to get into the playoffs, but um, they're not. There's really, you know, Iowa State, North Carolina, people like that are 
Oregon, you know, people that can be really good, maybe make the playoffs, but we all know that getting through the playoffs, once you make it's going to be interesting uh, and a challenge for those teams. So I think there's some good teams, uh, some teams that I think are going to be fun to watch and study this year, maybe good bets, maybe a TCU, uh, might be an interesting uh, team to follow. I don't know that if you're going to get great value on Iowa State because I think people are going to see them as very good. Um, so I don't know that you're going to get great value there. But there's some definitely some good teams, uh, and I think there's some good teams uh, around the country that I think will surprise folks that maybe are a little bit better than than people might think. Chris, looking at that group of five that you just mentioned, uh, there are some unsettled quarterback situations uh, among that group. Uh, How do you handicap beyond Spencer Rattler with those quarterbacks uh, among those top programs? Well, I think, you know, Spencer would be one of those that is not question marks. I think he's uh, a guy that is a strong candidate, be the first uh, quarterback taken in next year's draft. He's been in the system for a while. He struggled at the end of last year, like against Kansas State. And, you know, I think he got, he's gotten better and better. You know, unlike the other quarterbacks that Lincoln has had, the transfer portal guys that I alluded to, this is the guy that's been in the system for a while. So I expect really good things for him. Uh, you know, Bryce Young at Alabama is going to be outstanding. DJ uh, Ungalale at Clemson is going to be really good. JT Daniels is going to be outstanding at Georgia. I think the only one is just how good will C.J. Stroud be at Ohio State. The issue is no one in that league can beat him, and I don't even know that Oregon early on is going to have much of a chance because they're so good at the receiver position. And I think that that Ryan Day does a good job. Remember when Justin Fields went over there, there was a lot of question marks about how good he could be. It'll take a little while for C.J. Stroud to be Uh, an impact player, but he will be at some point this year. So I think the quarterback play for all five of those teams are going to be really good, but the play around them is also going to help lift them up. So that's why I think that they're, they're the elite teams. Uh, I don't know if they will be the best bets in terms of point spread, because they're going to be given lofty favorite positions, but those are the teams you got to focus on nationally in college. Chris, you mentioned uh, JT Daniels at Georgia. Look, they were 4-0 with him at quarterback last year uh, when he was healthy and and able to play. And this is a team that, you know, you look at their schedule and their crossover games in the SEC West are very weak. Uh, I think they're a lock to win the SEC East and then going up against Alabama likely in the SEC title game. To me, that's going to be as close a game as you're going to find. And I actually think there's value on Georgia right now to win the SEC because the odds that you're getting on them now – is going to be less than the odds that you're going to get when they face Alabama likely in that SEC title game. Do you see Georgia as a team that's capable this year of winning the SEC? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you got to get there first. I think they'll get there. And the East, as you mentioned, is very weak outside of Georgia. Now, I mean, Kentucky will do a good job in Kentucky's way and Missouri will be good, but they're not even close to Georgia personnel wise, Florida, will be good. They'll be challenging. It'll be the toughest challenge in the East, but um, Georgia's better. And Florida, uh, by example, has to play Alabama and LSU. So Georgia could actually lose a game, still win the East. We all know that for Georgia, they will feel like it's playoffs or bust. Clemson game, an out-of-conference game, is the most important one. If they get by that game, there's a very good chance to go 12-0. and And then it's going to be all about can they beat Alabama. But the Clemson game is really important from this regard. If you beat Clemson, 
you probably could lose to Alabama in the in the SEC championship game if you're Georgia and still get into the playoffs. We don't know. We'll have to see how the rest of the landscape plays out. But if you lose to Clemson, and then, then you have to beat Alabama to get into the playoffs most likely. So that game against Clemson will have a not only a national playoff feel to it, but for what their goals are getting into the playoffs, it's going to be really important. But I agree with you. I think that they've got – Tennessee's not good. You know, Vanderbilt's not good. Uh, South Carolina's not good. You know, Arkansas, Auburn, uh, you know, they, they, they've got a pretty easy run in it in the East. Uh, and they don't play the real crossover game in the West that's very good. It's just the Florida Gators are the only team that's really should uh, challenge them in the East this year. Chris Landry from Landry Football joining us here on Betting Across America on VEASAN. Uh, Chris, one team we didn't spend a lot of time on in there, but I'm kind of fascinated by in the SEC is the LSU Tigers. Uh, we know what a struggle it was defensively for them last year, and they make changes here in the offseason. Uh, do you think that this is a bounce-back year for the Tigers? Well, I, don't, I think it'll be a bounce-back year relative from last year. I don't think it's going to be bounce-back to 2019. Uh, I think it's the, the safest bet is that, they're going to be somewhere in the middle because you can't go from being unbeaten and one of the best teams ever to almost being a disaster and not think it's going to be somewhere in the middle. That's, that's pretty easy, pretty easy um, uh, thought process there. But, you know, certainly losing Miles Brennan this week hurts their backup role. I thought Max Johnson was going to win the job anyway. I think it's going to come down to can they run the football better? And obviously the defensive communication was a complete disaster last year. They'll be better. They'll be good. They have probably 10, maybe even 11 win personnel. I think they're going to win nine games. They'll get challenged a little bit schematically against UCLA um, in week one, but they're in really good shape. Florida A&M are maybe the two swing games. I don't like their chances to beat Alabama on the road, but that's probably the key to them being 11 and one, nine and three. They should be a really good team, but if they do have more problems from a communication and a coaching standpoint, um, it would be considered a disaster if they're ending up like eight and four. There's there's a greater expectations in the ten and two, eleven and one range in Baton Rouge. I can tell you that. Chris, you just mentioned that UCLA team. Uh, they play week zero against Hawaii. Uh, Adam and I talked about this game a little bit earlier here on VSIN uh, as the spread has completely skyrocketed now to UCLA laying upwards of 17 points here against Hawaii. Where are you on the Bruins this year? Well, I can tell you, I think they're going to be better. Now, I will say this, and I've known him for a long time, so uh, I have a good gauge of him. Chip Kelly's kind of... Uh, quietly excited. He thinks he's got something special this year. He thinks he can be, be really good. He's certainly looking to get going against uh, Hawaii at home. But then they've got, and I, I think he's got some things planned. He thinks that schematically can cause them some problems. So I'm very curious. I like the team. I think the team's pretty good. Now, that's relatively speaking in the Pac-12 South. I think it's uh, – it's to me, Utah is really good uh, and very solid at the line of scrimmage, the best line of scrimmage team in the South. USC has the most skill position players. Arizona State is also very good. I think UCLA is kind of fourth personnel wise, but I think Chip feels like he can maybe at least maybe be in that second, third range. He hadn't told me that specifically, 
But if you look at their schedule, I mean, I think the key games, obviously, Arizona State at Washington, Oregon at Utah, at USC, it's still a pretty tough sledding for a program that has got some talent, but they're going up against the, the aforementioned teams that have a little bit more talent at this point. So we'll see. I think maybe eight wins would be a very good year for them. Chris, shifting gears over to the pros, buzziest teams I would say that we spend a lot of time talking about to make a big jump from last year, Cleveland Browns, Los Angeles Chargers, uh, Buffalo Bills even to take another step forward here. Uh, Who do you see as teams in the NFL who might be able to take a major step from wherever they happen to be last year forward this year? Yeah, I think you hit on one, the Chargers or a team that, I thought was undercoached, and I think they've got good personnel. Uh, like anything, you got to have some help. That that would be one of them, uh, no question about it. Um, you know, I don't know Buffalo. I don't know how much more improved they can be. It's just about can they go to the Super Bowl and getting by the Chiefs. I think they're really, really good. Look for New England to bounce back. They've got probably the second best roster in the East now. Not going to win the division, but I think they're in that position. You mentioned the Browns, really good, really good at the line of scrimmage. Going to be an interesting team there. So, yeah, I I think that everybody's got their own little issues. But the Chargers have a good young quarterback. But they're probably not ready to make that big jump yet. But I thought they underachieved, and they'll probably be a little bit better this year. I would recommend them. Look, San Francisco had a lot of injuries. That's a much better team than they showed last year. So expect them to get better. Um, so those would be a couple that I would mention and throw into the mix as look for them to be really improved. Uh, Chris, real quick, uh, speaking of New England, do you expect Mac Jones to be under center week one? Yeah, I, I, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, Mac Jones from LSU. I, I'm, I'm sorry, Scott. Uh, do you expect uh, who's going to be under center for New England week one? Oh, no, I'm sorry. I, miss, I, I couldn't understand. You know, I think it's going to be Cam Newton. I think Mac Jones will end up getting that starting job at some point. But the way Bill wants to do that is he wants to have the veteran come in. I think this is always a smart thing. Have the veteran come in, and then when you exhaust that, then the young guy is more ready, and then you don't have to turn back. You start the young guy early, you have to pull him. I think it really starts to mess with the psyche of the team in the locker room. That's the plan there. I think it's Cam. Then I think it's Mac long range. I just don't know when that's going to be. Last question here for you, Chris, about a minute left. Do you think it's the same situation with Andy Dalton and Justin Fields in Chicago? Absolutely. I mean, you know, I, I think the whole Andy Dalton's our starter and that's because they don't want to put the pressure on Justin Fields. What if he's not ready? Well, not starting and Andy starting then. Well, well, what's wrong with him? Why is he not learning? Did we make a bad? I mean, you know, this is a team that moved up to draft Mitchell Trubisky. They don't want to have that negativity. They want to bring him along at the right pace. And then they know that Andy Dalton can only take them so far. If he plays well and he plays better than they hope, great. Continue with that. Go with it. But when you move from Andy Dalton for, to Justin Fields, you make one move and you're not going back and forth. That's where you have problems if you go back and forth. Chris Landry, LandryFootball.com, at LandryFootball on Twitter. Chris, can't thank you enough for all the time today. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, man. Oh, thank you so much. Take care, guys. Scott, appreciate you. Take Thanks, care. Thanks, Chris. All right, when we come back, more football, baseball, UFC. We'll get you ready for the rest of the weekend here on Betting Across America from VEASAN and VEASAN.com. 
Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, are like, you know, who's ready to get Creighton? You don't watch Creighton. They play, and I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, not, gonna, the, not the Big East tournament. Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That cool. Like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team? Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> And then they're never at any of those. Yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you you telling me? The whole time. (laughs) And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. (laughs) I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All my friends love it. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Across America is presented by BetMGM. Adam Gandy here in Las Vegas, joined by Scott Seidenberg from the East Coast, where the New York Yankees are underway. And 
Scott, both of us are looking good in the early going here. <laughs> Mentioned that there are a couple of Mariners who have really good numbers against Andrew Haney. Kyle Seeger is one of them. He hits a two-run home run in the first inning. Yankees hit into a double play where they are one of the leaders in the majors in that category. 2 nothing Seattle here in the bottom of the first inning. Most uh, recent money line update. Mariners minus 155 live. Yankees flip to plus 125 after going off as $2 favorites behind Andrew Heaney. Uh, to recap, Scott, uh, I believe you have the Mariners on the run line, and yep. uh, I have Chris Flexen and the Mariners plus 140 in the first five innings. Let's stick with some baseball talk. Uh, get to a team that we mentioned just a moment ago with J.D. Martinez going to the COVID IL. Toronto Blue Jays and the Boston Red Sox. It's Robbie Ray against Nick Pavetta. Ray minus 170. Uh, Pavetta plus 155. Seven is your total in the first game of a doubleheader here. And uh, we thought things were getting desperate for the Red Sox based on the losing skid that they're on, Scott. And now with J.D. Martinez out of the lineup, uh, getting a little bit uglier for a team that coming into today was plus 150 to win the East. Yeah, and just look at this matchup here. Uh, Pavetta, who was, you know, supposed to be, you know, the, the best pitcher for the Red Sox, and and he did for the start of the season look pretty good. But against Toronto, started twice against them uh, just a couple of weeks ago, and allowed four runs in both of those games. Four runs in six and two thirds. Four runs in four and two thirds. And going back to uh, his start against Philly prior to that, and then his start against Tampa, you know, a couple of days ago four straight starts in which he has allowed a home run and going up against the Toronto Blue Jays, a team that loves to hit home runs. This is not a good situation for Pavetta or the Boston Red Sox. I know it's a double header, so it's only seven innings and uh, the total is at seven, but that's a total that the Blue Jays could reach by themselves in this one. Another game happening on the early side, Scott. We have the White Sox and the Cubs. Carlos Rodon taking on Adbert Alzale. Um, I'll give you my thought on Alzale, and then you take it from there on what you see with this game. But uh, the stat that Adbert Alzale is leading the majors in is not one you want to lead the majors in. The percentage of his fly balls that turn into home runs. Uh, he is giving up the most home runs in the majors for every ball that goes into the air. Uh, we gave you last week Joey Votto when he was on that run going against Alzale. Uh, I'm going to give it to you here again. Any home run prop you want to play against Alzale, as I believe we just got a home run in New York. Uh, that is a long, long shot from 99. All rise. 2-1 is the lead for mm. Seattle now over the New York Yankees with a two-out home run from Aaron Judge. But uh, Tim Anderson is plus 450. Yohan Moncada is 4-1. to one. Uh, Jose Abreu is 3-1. to one. Eloy Jimenez is uh, 280. Uh, Cesar Hernandez just came over as 17 homers on the year is plus 450. A uh, lot of options there when it comes to playing against Alzale. But uh, overall, Scott, as you take a look here at the uh, White Sox and the Cubs here with Rodone going against Alzale, how do you see it? Uh, yeah, White Sox on the run line is an interesting play. Um, I like this White Sox offense, certainly. Um, and I like Rodon on the hill. You look at the White Sox, their trends on the run line so far this season. Um, they are, you know, over 50% hitting on the run line. And uh, on the road, you know, they are a decent. They're not going to blow you away. It's not like the Giants we're talking about. We talked about earlier who are the best in Major League Baseball on the run line. But the Cubs are under 50% at home on the run line. 
is. So you take a team in the White Sox that are, you know, above 50% versus a team in the in the Cubs that are below uh, in this situation, and the run line is kind of where I would lean here if you're playing a play on the White Sox because uh, minus 190 to minus 200 in places is a lot of juice to lay. So look for that run line, and especially, you know, you, we say this all the time when betting Major League Baseball. If you're going to bet a team on the favorite run line of minus or one and a half, you always look to the road team because you're guaranteed that ninth inning, correct? So with the White Sox being the road team here, minus one and a half to me is the play. Minus 120 on that minus one and a half uh, for the White Sox. So you do shorten the price quite a bit. Uh, Rodon, of course, has been excellent. He is one of the favorites on the board for American League Cy Young at 4-1. to His teammate Lance Lynn is the betting favorite here at the moment with Garrett Cole in second place. College football, as we uh, got going here with Chris Landry a moment ago, is what Scott Seidenberg has been looking at here. Likes those Oklahoma Sooners. What does he think about the Georgia Bulldogs? He kind of gave you a little hint a moment ago. We'll talk more about that when we come back. This is Betting Across America from Las Vegas in the tri-state area on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Sin College Football Betting Guide is here. Start your football season on the right foot with our expert analysis and picks for conference champions, Heisman hopefuls, and playoff teams, plus power ratings for every team. Now is also a great time to get your all-access VEASAN subscription, including our college and pro football betting guides, along with everything we offer for the entire season. Get your college football betting guide for only $19.99 or start your free trial all-access today at VEASAN.com slash subscribe Adam candy and scott seidenberg here on betting across america from vison and vison.com and of course scott uh this is just about the time where i can feel like my attention can be undivided enough that i can pick up something meaty like our college football betting guide and really get the most out of it uh, a lot of great information in that document yeah, you know, flipping through the pages, and, and I'm curious to see uh, who some of the experts and hosts pick as far as conference winners and national championship winners. And, you know, I know the, the futures that I have in, so I'm confident when I see that some people are kind of thinking along the same lines as I am. Yeah, I love flipping through that thing and uh, going to be continuing to do it as we approach week zero of the college football season. And, and you know, Adam, I, I have three futures in already. Um, not sure if I'm going to do any more, but the three that I have in we talked about two of them uh, earlier here on Vston. It's Oklahoma to win the Big 12 and Oklahoma to win the national championship. And another one that I have is Georgia over ten and a half wins. You look at this Georgia team, and with JT Daniels at quarterback last year, four and zero. You wonder what could have been if he had started some more of their games. They were tremendous. NFL talent across the board. Defensively, absolutely stellar. And the schedule, Adam, the schedule 
They do not have any difficult crossover games. No Alabama, no Texas A&M, no LSU. The true road games that they play are Tennessee, Auburn, Vanderbilt, Georgia Tech. The toughest game on their schedule besides the Clemson game, which we'll talk about in just a second, is that Florida game in Jacksonville where they're a, they're a touchdown favorite right now. And they probably will win that game by a touchdown. I'll bet them to cover that line. Uh, they are just so talented, and there's no other team that's going to compete with them in the East. So they're going to go to the SEC title game. And at worst, they're going to be 11-1. and one. So I think that over 10.5 is an amazing bet for the Georgia Bulldogs because if they do – get by Clemson in Charlotte in week one, which they're, you know, about a field goal underdog, you know, sky's the limit for them. They could be 12 and 0. So if they win that game right off the bat, you're just very comfortable that they're going to win 11 games at least. And even if they lose that game to Clemson, I still think 11 and one is the worst record that you're going to see out of this team. Uh, one odd, uh, one of the odds do actually stand out to me, and that's Georgia to win the SEC at BetMGM, as you see, is plus 230. Think about this. If they play Alabama, which they likely will, in the SEC title game, that spread's probably going to be similar to what we're seeing here with Clemson and Georgia, which is right around the field goal, which means that if Alabama's favored slightly, the money line on Georgia is going to be less than plus 230. So you can get it now at plus 230 as opposed to what it's going to be if they play Alabama in the SEC title game in Atlanta. It's definitely going to be under that plus 230 mark. So you get more value on it now betting them to win the SEC as opposed to just betting them to win that one individual game, if that makes sense. Uh, it does make sense, and it leads us to talk about the game that you made quick reference to there, Scott with Clemson and Georgia playing on September 4th on the neutral field, three and a half across the board for Clemson there. And you have two quarterbacks where we saw a little bit, but not a lot last year with JT Daniels, DJ Uingalele. Uh, how do you like the quarterback matchup between those two teams? I favor JT Daniels. Uh, I loved what I saw from DJ Uyunglele, and we're going to get used to saying that name. You know, listen, we go from a couple of years of Tunga Vailoa to Uyunglele now, right? Uh, as we, you know, had the Alabama quarterback, and now we have the Clemson quarterback with these names. But I, I favor JT Daniels. He's a guy that I liked at USC. Uh, I liked him even more in this Georgia offense, but uh, behind this offensive line and, and this team. You know, I understand no pickings there, so you know, but they still load up on talent. They still have stars on the offensive side of the football. And, and I think his veteran presence, uh, because he's been around a little bit longer than DJ has been, uh, is going to help him in a game like this. Uh, there's no denying that DJ is probably the more physically gifted quarterback of the two. Uh, but I think JT has seen a bit more through his time uh, in college football. And so I would favor him in this matchup over DJ, who certainly has the arm and can run a little bit, but uh, more physically gifted than JT Daniels. JT Daniels, probably the, the more calm quarterback. And when you're playing a game on the road and, and yeah, I know it's a neutral site, but come on, it's, it's Charlotte. It might as well be uh, Clemson home game, right? Uh, I trust a guy like JT Daniels in that environment. If you go to our college football guide, you will find our Big Ten games of the year. Wes Reynolds has broken down all of those, and we start off early on with a good one between Penn State 
and Wisconsin. Uh, this is in Madison. Bucky Land four and a half in that one. Uh, it was an uneven season for Graham Mertz, and I feel like that's being kind uh, to what happened <laughs> for the Wisconsin quarterback uh, last year. But, Scott, I want to go back to something you mentioned. Home field advantage is a real thing, and I would much rather, if I'm Wisconsin, have this game in Madtown than in Happy Valley. Yeah, um, you know, uh, Sean Clifford, great. Um, I think that the the offensive line certainly has to get better from where they were last year, but the home advantage is certainly unlike anything else that you're going to see uh, around college football. It's one of the best places to go watch a game there, uh, watching Penn State play. Um, turnovers, if they can limit the turnovers, that was an issue for them last year. But, you know, I love their coach. Uh, you know, James Franklin's great. Um, and their total, I think, is set at, like, like nine, um, not sure how, how close they get to that number. I, I don't like going over or under, but I definitely think anytime you get, um, you know, Penn State getting points, um, you know, this season's going to be really interesting for them. I think that they are going to be improved as opposed to where they were last year. Don't know if they get up to nine wins, but it's going to it's going to come up. I will say this. They're going to have some big wins this year where you don't expect them to. That's what I'll say about Penn State. Well, I think the uh, the most interesting team here for me is the Badgers. Uh, they are still massive up front. They get a couple of the more challenging games they're going to have at home with Penn State and Iowa. I don't have it in yet, but it's definitely a win total that I'll be taking a look at here as we get closer to the start of the season. More coming in a moment. This is Betting Across America from VEASAN and VEASAN.com. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18, my first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my game. <laughs> Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. 
I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. with BetMGM. It's the best time to sign up because they're giving new customers a shot at an easy 100 bucks. Register using code VEASAN100 and win $100 in free bets when you place a $1 money line wager on the Cardinals or the Royals and either team hits a home run. BetMGM is always ready to help you turn big plays into major paydays. Enjoy innovative parlay selection builders, daily promotions, boosted odds, specials, and more. Download the app or go to betmgm.com and use code VEASAN100 to win $100 when you bet a dollar on the Cardinals or Royals and either team hits a homer. Only at BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. New customer offer paid in free bets. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. This promotional offer is not available in Nevada. That's where I am here at the VEASAN studios at South Point in Las Vegas. Adam Candy joined by Scott Seidenberg from the East Coast as we roll along here in our first hour of betting across America. Stay tuned. In about 15 minutes, Reed Coons going to join us. Fightnomics to talk about the UFC 265 card. He has a very analytic way of breaking down what's going to happen in the fights. And you'll want to stay tuned for that. Uh, baseball going on at the moment uh, in Scott's backyard. It is 2-1 Seattle over the Yankees in the second inning. They have first and third going against Andrew Heaney with one down as uh, home runs from Kyle Seeger and Aaron Judge thus far in that one. All right, Scott, this is actually uh, some talk that I wanted to get into that I talked to our producer Jason Kahn about with alternate win totals. We talk all the time about the NFL win totals. Will this team be over eight and a half, nine and a half, ten and a half, whatever the case might be? But I was listening to one of my favorite podcasts, uh, the PFF Forecast with Eric Eager and uh, George Shahuri this week, and they were talking about their distributions. Essentially, when they run the the uh, the simulations, I should say, for these teams, what is the floor? What is the ceiling? And basically, Scott, I kind of wanted to get your take on teams that you might be a little higher on in the market 
or lower on? And how willing are you to put a little extra money if you can get some plus price on going a little higher or a little lower? Let's start in the AFC East where the Buffalo Bills are minus 150 at the moment to win the division. Their numbers are 12 and 10. Patriots 10 and a half, eight and a half. Dolphins 10 and a half, eight and a half. Jets seven and five. And without getting into all the specific numbers, unless you're looking right now at vsin.com, you are basically getting plus money on whether you want that one win less or one win higher if you're willing to bet it on any of these teams. Any strong convictions for you in the AFC East? Uh, I think the Buffalo Bills could be interesting to chase that plus money to get 12. Um, 13 and 4, it, it, that would be an incredible season. Now, remember, we have the 17th game, right? So the 17th game certainly does change things. Uh, you kind of have to get out of that old mindset of, oh, 10 and 6, you know. Um, you kind of have to change that, right? Because you do have that extra game. So winning a 13th game, um, that's a lot to ask. It's intriguing because of the plus money because uh, – I think 12 is a good mark for them. You know, uh, this team could be 12 and five and win the division. Certainly um, looking also at the bottom of the division, the jet uh, plus money to win eight games at plus two twenty five. That's actually a pretty nice bet. You know, eight and 11, is a, a certain possibility. They say, you know, what was the thing, right? Every team in the NFL goes eight and eight, right? And then a couple of bounces of a football here and there. That's the difference between going 10 and six or going six and 10. Uh, well, look at this Jets team. Um, Zach Wilson's now the quarterback, uh, you know, the rookie sensation. And they have a new head coach, new system in play, probably going to take some adjustment period, but also not a lot to go off of in in terms of film preparation for some of these other teams. So maybe they could uh, sneak some wins. And I don't mind chasing a little bit plus money value in 225 there to bet on them to win eight games and go eight and 11 this year. In terms of the value, that's the one that jumps out at me because you've got the push protection at seven, right? And so... Are the Jets going to win six games or less this year? I guess that depends on what you think of this division, and I don't think much of it. Uh, I do not like New England. I do not like Miami. I think we're overvaluing the offenses for both of these teams. I'm not really sure what you're going to get out of the entire quarterback situation in New England. And uh, I'm going to need to see more of these positive reports on Tua Tagovailoa. Uh, that have started to come out of Miami, that they've unshackled the offense a bit for him. But look, Zach Wilson comes in on the offensive side. It's an upgrade over Darnold, theoretically at the least. And then defensively, it can't get much worse. Uh, Robert Sala comes in from San Francisco, and I think he will invigorate that defense. I like that at plus 225 in the East. Let's jump over to the AFC North, where obviously uh, this is one of the more competitive divisions in all of football, Scott, uh, these are probably, uh, let's, let's say we could probably produce at least two playoff teams uh, out of this division with Cleveland and with Baltimore. 12, the alternate uh, total on the high side for the Ravens, 10, the low side, 11.5, 9.5 for the Browns, 9.5, 7.5 for the Steelers, 7.5, 5.5 for the Cincinnati Bengals. Again, your juice here. Varies anywhere from about plus 145 to uh, plus 160. If you're looking for plus money, obviously, you are going to pay some pretty big juice if you want to uh, play the uh, more popular side of it. 
Yeah, uh, to me, I, you know, I like the Browns. Um, I like their roster. I like their team. Uh, over 11 and a half, uh, betting on the Browns to win 12 games is plus 160. Uh, that's certainly one that I would look at. Um, I think the Steelers could be interesting as well um, to get to that 10 win mark, you know, kind of finish that year 10 and 7, and that's at plus 195. So uh, the Steelers, you know, I love Najee Harris. He's uh, one of my picks, if not my definite pick, to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. Ben Roethlisberger's a little trimmed down, lost a little bit of weight. Uh, you know, offensive line, certainly a concern, but I think they're solid. And uh, wide receiver, they're very talented. Uh, I think the Steelers at over 9.5, plus 195, would be the play for me, banking on them to get to that 10th win. I'm not as high on the Steelers. I am a little higher than the market, I think, on the Bengals. Now, granted, this is all dependent upon Joe Burrow's health. If Joe yeah. Burrow is healthy, this offense is going to make noise. This offense was making noise when he got hurt last mm-hmm. year. And you add Jamar chasing a full season of Joe Mixon. Um, now, we, of course, all saw the report, uh, T. Higgins, talking about the fact that uh, maybe that Burrow is not as strong on that knee early in camp as they would expect. Give it time. Uh, There's a reason that you're getting plus 210 on over 7.5 with the Bengals. Again, this division is a challenge. I don't like it as much as I like the Jets getting that plus uh, 220 on the over, but the Bengals the one that jumps out to me here in the north. The AFC South, man, is this thing wide open uh, with the consequence (laughs) injury in particular. The Colts are off the board right now, uh, rightfully so, in terms of their all-totals. Titans ten and eight, Jaguars seven and a half, five and a half, Texans five and three. Um, I have one that I really like here, Scott. But tell me first if there's anything that you find interesting. Well, I think the Titans are the class of this division, and I even felt this way even uh, with Carson Wentz healthy and the Colts. And I, and I know the Colts are, you know, certainly there's a lot to like about them. But you know, without Wentz, with Nelson going down as well, uh, I just you know there's a reason why they're off the board. I I, I like the Titans even more. Um, the addition of Julio Jones certainly helps them offensively. Uh, already, this was a team that was you know a playoff team, and I think they got better. So I like the Titans. And- and I think, you know, seeing them at the 11-win mark, which, uh, you know, they won last year 11 games. Now you throw in the 17th game on the schedule. I think 11 is a real possibility for them as well. So going over 10 is the uh, bet for me here for the Titans. And it's not as great uh, of a value at plus 130. It's still plus money, quite obviously, and that's good as yeah. for what it is. And the Titan, I like the Titans to win this division even prior to the Carson Wentz injury. I'm not yeah, a believer same. in the Carson Wentz renaissance. Um But if I'm going to play a number here, I'm looking at the Jacksonville Jaguars, and that's seven and a half. It is in part because of this division. It is in part because I think that there are wins to be had, not just from the Houston Texans, uh, but I think they are a threat to pick off the Titans at home as well because of this offense and the fact that the Titans' defense really is where the struggle is. Look, Trevor Lawrence is going to have to take a big step here, but he has playmakers around him. Uh, Marvin Jones comes in from Detroit. LaVisca Chenault showed flashes last year. And as much as I did not like the pick of Travis Etienne where they took Travis Etienne, uh, he is explosive with the ball in his hands. Jaguars over 7.5 is plus 190. You can see that I'm I'm definitely reaching down toward the bottom here. Uh, Speaking of reaching down toward the bottom, uh, 
Giancarlo Stanton had to reach just all the way to the top to keep that ball from going out. It would have been a grand slam against Andrew Heaney. It is instead uh, a sacrifice fly for Seattle and is a 4-1 lead now for the Seattle Mariners. Uh, yeah, just double-checking. Uh, that was just the one run that scored. So Mariners behind Chris Flexen up 4-1. Uh, quickly, the AFC West here. Uh, Scott, 13.5, 11.5 on the Chiefs, 10.5, 8.5 on the Chargers, 9.5, 7.5 on the Broncos, and the Raiders, 8 and 6. Yeah, not a lot of value here on the board. Um, you know, the Chargers would be the one I would look at. Chargers, everyone expecting to have a much better season than they had last season. Over 10.5 at plus 220 uh, could be the play. Raiders, um, is there a chance that they only win five games? It's so hard to believe, but I, this defense is just just atrocious um, that I can, you know, they're not going to have a good season and plus 195 to go under six. That's that's a real bad season winning only five games. Uh, I think Chargers over 10 and a half plus 220 would be the play. As I just pencil out straight up where I think things are going to go for the hometown Las Vegas Raiders, I have eight and nine, and that's sort of a sort of mild case for them. If this defense is at all yeah. better, if KJ Wright really does sign after coming in and taking a visit here this weekend, uh, plus 175 on over eight with the Raiders with this offense, I think is a reasonable bet uh, as well. More alternate win totals coming up in our second hour, but we come back. Reed Kuhn, Fightnomics, joining us to talk about UFC 265 here on VEASAN's Betting Across America. spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me, like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it gonna like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- National Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall. 
and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. 